Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to DBP this week. We've got an episode called The Man, where we're going to be drinking The Mannequin uh, by Oren Swift. Yeah. I have been holding on to this bottle of wine for quite some time. I feel like this is the story for all of our wines. I know. (laughs) But like literally this one was like way pre-DBP. Like I've had this for a long time. So I'm really excited to to crack it open. It's it's a 2012, which is pretty old for a white wine. Ooh, are we supposed to age white wines that long? I don't know. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you pop that sucker open? So this is the Mannequin by um, Oren Swift Mm -hmm. and made in Napa. It's a 2012. It's a... huge blend of white wines. I don't think we've ever actually had a wine like this. So do you want to tell our listeners what blends are in here? I think it's mostly Chardonnay. It's a squeaky cork. Yeah, it is mostly Chardonnay. It's uh, 48% Chard, 14% Sauvignon Blanc. (laughs) Yeah, I need one of these. This thing's amazing. I know. It's that little one. Yeah. It's just so nifty and it's a magnet, so I never lose it. Okay, so 48% Chardonnay, 14% Sauvignon Blanc. Um, we also have 12% Grenache Blanc, um, 12% Viognier, 8% Marsan, uh, 4% Roussan, and 2% Mus- Muscat. It is so golden. My God, yes it is. I feel like this is very much a Chard. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, bitch. Smells good. Um, it does smell good. I feel like it's not overly perfumey at this point. Maybe no. it's a little. Maybe I made it too. The cold. label has a bunch of naked mannequins, like kind of slaughtered, all over it. Are they slaughtered? <laughs> they I don't do, know. They, they look, do look slaughtered. They look pretty. Uh, like Which they've is, had a rough time. Yeah, that's and typical for Oren Swift. He has got some pretty interesting labels out there, and we'll kind of get into his. Oh, totally. His brand, but um. Yeah, it's check out our Instagram page and check out the uh, pictures of, of the bottle because it's it's interesting. It catches your eye for sure when you're at a wine store. Yeah, and I think I mean this one. Aside from the fact that Sarah's been hanging on to it for a while, but the label that is on it, like these mannequins, they're all very androgynous. I feel, and oh my I God, think that good, good use of the word androgynous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but I think that it's particularly fitting for our topic today. And so we're going to, we'll segue into it a little bit later. We're going to focus a little bit more on the wine at this point. So what exactly is our topic? Well, our topic is, well, the man. And what we're going to talk a little bit about is sort of this, uh, well, what sparked this uh, idea was their University of Texas has a program or had a program rather to address masculinity issues and how the men nowadays are I guess they're being coached to not be a man? Oh. Like, in the traditional sense of the word? I like my manly men. I, I mean, I do too. I mean, I don't think that, but we're, we're going to end up getting into a little bit more about sort of um, different characteristics and, and personality traits um, and talk a little bit more about what the information that we found available at this point in time about this University of Texas program um, and how we can apply that to, you know, well, our thoughts and, you know, what other um, articles have said. So before we get into that, I didn't try it yet. Uh, uh, Sarah. It is. It's good. It's high in alcohol. It's a hot wine. That's that's what Jamie taught me, which means like you can taste the alcohol. And for a white wine, it's like a it's a 15. Holy point. shit. 15.5% ABV, alcohol by volume. That's high for a white wine. Holy shit. I don't shit. even think I've ever drank a white wine that that's high. That, that, that's that high? Yeah. No, no, no. But, oh, that's so... Okay. I don't think... I think it aged fine. I think it's just... Uh, it's... It's... it's The alcohol is like, whoa. Um, like, it, whoa. Like, whoa. Like, whoa, man. But, um, I, I mean... I'm getting the tropical fruits. That's what I was going to say. So I think, um, I know Sauvignon Blanc tends to be more of like an earthier, herbaceous-y, green, if you will, mm-hmm. um, smelling and tasting wine. Chardonnay, I don't know that this was oaked much. 
Um, it was 40% new oak and 40% neutral oak oh. and 20% stainless steel for 10 months. So does that mean that they just... I'm curious how that, like... When they did the mixing out. of the dra- the grapes and then how they... Yeah, yeah I exactly. Don't know. I don't know. Like, we're only, like, 40% of the grapes, so maybe it was, like, the Sauvignon Blanc, Grenache, Viognier that were actually in the new oak, and then the rest were in neutral? I don't know. It's yeah. so crazy to me. Um, it, it does have a little toastiness to it, and I think that's the Chardonnay. 15.5. Um, <laughs> I know. You can really taste it. I'm just looking at that. So, these all these grapes... Right. I mean, I think the majority of these are traditionally French grapes, but these actually all hail from, as it's described on the website, they come from microclimates of California and dozens of vineyards in Carneros, Sonoma Coast. And I feel like there was another place in uh, California that this was from. But it says here, we complemented this assemblage of Chardonnay with unique wines vinified from white Rhone varietals. Okay. The result is blend with distinction, finesse, and profound drinkability. Ah, drinkability. I think this is very fitting for a nice summer, hot summer day. Uh, totally. It totally is. And it's like, it is, it is smooth. It's just that I think the alcohol is high for me. But yeah. other than that, I think if we toned it down, and maybe it just needs to like, breathe a little bit i don't know but do you think the alcohol is more pronounced because it's aged i feel like this is very pronounced it's like possible. there's it's possible that if we had drank it younger we wouldn't have tasted yeah the alcohol as much we should what we should do is get like a 2016 bottle and compare do they have okay this is a legitimate question though because i did go on their website uh-huh. <sighs> i mean orange swift has pretty expensive wines i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna go out there and say that but i don't think that i even saw an option for a different mannequin but we 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 had a 2014 didn't we uh uh, we did an orange swift wine tasting and we went through all his wines it was really it was cool um and we did try this but it was much younger so i don't remember exactly what year but i remember sitting there and being like i think mine's a 2012 guys um well, they do have a 2016. Yeah. yeah, we definitely could yeah. try that. So we should, I think that we should do that as a little, we should keep the, keep a little bit of this and, and try and uh, compare. Yeah. That might be a good idea. It would be a really good idea. We got to hunt that puppy down. Yeah. So Orrin Swift, uh, I said before, is in California or has a lot of different vineyards that they use in mm-hmm. California. Um, they have a tasting room in St. Helena in Napa. So okay. maybe I'll have to hit that up. Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks when I go. And so, Orrin Swift is not actually the name of the winemaker. Okay. It's David Finney. David Swift Finney. So, where does Orrin come from? I think Swift that's... Swift is his middle name? One of them is his mother's name. Oh, his Orrin is his father's middle name, and Swift is his mother's maiden name. Ah, So, he sort okay. of combined those and into this, I guess... I like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. And why don't you tell our listeners what he actually is famous for? What wine? Oh, we've talked about this many times before, but Prisoner. David Finney actually in, invented uh, Prisoner, which is the Zinfandel. Yep. And, um, oh, it's a, yeah, it's a Zinfandel. And, um, you know, we know that it has, you know, risen to fame uh, mm-hmm. as a really expensive and typically pretty delicious Zinfandel. But he sold it off after 10 years um, of being the winemaker for Prisoner and actually then used that platform to kind of launch these other wines. Yeah. So he has, you know, he has these very, very abstract labels, you know, like Mannequin that we have here. There's also Blank Stare. Um, there's one. There was, What was the other Blank one? Blank Stare is really good. We need oh, to do that one. It's so delicious. We yeah. will. Um, what was the one? Oh, Palermo was really good, I think. I think that's the one I ended up uh, buying. And we, there's, the, he does have one that's called Mercury Head. I think that's his most expensive one. Uh, yeah, that sucker. That guy is 120 bucks a bottle. Damn. Uh-huh. I remember when we tried it, it wasn't... I wasn't feeling like $120 uh, no. worth of wine. But Mm-mm. it's... I mean, I never really do. So he went from Prisoner, um, started some of these other labels. He's also really well known for his locations, so when you go to the wine shop and you see sort of that oval, that white oval with um, 
Like CA exactly. and like F for France, C and then for AR, California. AR for Argentina. Yeah, he's got all those. All over. Um, but I think there are some legislative issues with respect to like France and Italy and all those Didn't regulations he just sell there. It, though? He did. Yeah. Not locations though. Did he sell locations? Yeah. Oh shit. What are we gonna do? So I think he sold location. So to Gallo, EJ yeah. Gallo, which for those who are unfamiliar is like uh, they own a lot of wineries. They actually, you may not be aware, but EJ Gallo um, and I think there's this other group called Constellation, which I thought owns Mondavi now. I don't know, um, but essentially these two groups are they're just growing and acquiring all of these other small. And big winemakers. Well, I believe Warren Swift actually gets his grapes from Gallo. And he buys them from them, but he makes the wine. I think you're right. And I think he gets first pick. I Yes, I think. Didn't we learn that at yeah. the, the, the tasting? Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's crazy. just like, it's like really good. I mean, he's obviously made a name for himself. He's not that old either. He's got like the magic touch. I yeah. Like. like he sold Prisoner for, do you remember? It was like no, millions was and an millions of dollars. Of it was an absurd amount. And then... If you if you notice, he doesn't make any Zen because he he had to sign something that he wasn't going to make Zen for right. eight years. Non compete, basically, yeah. And now he's coming. He's going to be coming out with a Zen that's like however many years in the desert or something like that. Oh, eight years in the desert. Eight years in the desert. There that's right, because it was eight years that he couldn't do it. You're right. Yep. So and I mean, speaking of Robert Mondavi, he actually started there as a temporary harvest worker. Holy cow! So he's these weird connections, right? He's I mean, not, he's like in his late thirties, I think. What am I doing wrong with my life? <laughs> no, no, no. He can't be in his late thirties. I swear to God. Oh, I maybe think. he is in his late thirties. I'm looking at this age. So it says in '95, uh, David Finney took a friend up on an offer and went to Florence to spend a semester, quote unquote, studying. <laughs> And during that time, he was introduced to wine, how it was made, and got hooked. I feel like that's a story for a lot of winemakers. I know. And so, it, I always am curious, and I don't know that we could ever find this information, but, like, what exactly... And we talked about this with Casey, but, like, what was the thing that, like, sold you? That just, like, converted you? And at that point in time, you were like, I want to do this for my life, for my living. I, I mean, this guy... And it's not just, like... A lot of other people do that, but this guy has succeeded beyond... I mean, it's crazy how well he's doing. We're well, not, like, inheriting something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I said, what am I doing wrong with my life? <laughs> hey, we could... Hey, we too could, we is too the bomb, so... We could make our own Wisconsin wine, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so this is... I mean, this is really interesting. I'm curious. I want to talk a little bit about the winemaker's notes and see if we can figure out some of the flavors, or should we figure out if, what flavors we see we experience in this and then compare that to the winemaker's notes? Uh, whatever you'd like to do. I already get the tropical. I get tropical, but I and I don't lemon. think that it's overly fragrant. Like, I wanted it to be a bigger bouquet. Like, Really? I'm getting a lot. And lemon... Maybe I'm getting sick. I don't know. <laughs> uh, like I said, I think I have like honeysuckle on the on the taste. And tro- it does get a little more tropically. Like you know when you eat a pineapple and you get that that feeling on your tongue. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting off. Yeah, this. but yeah. it doesn't. It's not like a, no overly sweet wine either. No, it's not at all. It's not sweet. And then like the toastiness, I kind of get that, and I think that's the shard. I I bet you're right. I bet that's what's primarily in the French oak. Viognier, I know, is like a very common blending grape. I think it, it. I think several of these varietals included in this wine are more medium to full-bodied whites, mm-hmm. and so I feel like you do have like a, I guess, a bigger mouth feel, but it's still not overwhelming. It's like it's still very smooth and just kind of dissipates on your tongue. Like it doesn't like linger too too much. I don't. No, think. and I, I, most white wines, I'm not like, oh, pair this with food, but I think you would pair this one probably food yeah for sure i mean a summer salad i don't if you know do something that even, has like a I lemon vinaigrette like that might complement it very well yeah and the cheese we're eating actually oh I you're think. probably eating the sweet cheddar 
I think it's the cheddar is going really well with this. Yeah, probably not the Sarasso cheddar, uh, whatever Toscana or something. Cheddar, Thanks, Trader cheddar. Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so yeah, Orin Swift, David Finney. Um, and good. if anyone wants to know, he sold Prisoner in two thousand. Or I'm sorry, he started it in 2000 and sold it in 2010. But that's really kind of was his trademark for a while. You can still find the prisoner. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's. Made- I do think it's changed a little bit. I know the price has dropped a little bit too. Yeah, not too much. I don't think. Maybe like five bucks. Or I was something. gonna say. Yeah. And then it's usually on sale. I think I've yeah. actually seen it for like 38. Whole Foods. <laughs> Deal shopper. I know. Deal shopper Sarah. <laughs> Speaking of deals. Yes, uh, I recently found um, an Orin Swift wine, or I should say a David Finney wine. This is so confusing, I this know. name situation. I know. <laughs> that was relatively cheaper than his other wines that I know of. Wait, but how do we, have you heard of it before? No. How did you stumble upon I it? Was, I was in the wine, our local friendly wine store. And it was showcased, <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting bottle. Was it by... Right? Do you want to top off? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was called The Others. And that so I asked our local Somali gay about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's um, David Finney's uh, winery in, like, France. And I'm like... Say so what? You're like, but the locations? Yeah. Right? That's what I think of. No, yes, but... He's like we said, he's selling that off, and this, I, I don't know. Oh, shit, I'm that's right. He's like all over the place. So I was like, he's like, yeah, he's like all over the place. I'm do like, you, do you think that he's like sort of like one of those entrepreneurs who like starts a project, like cultivates it, really lets it grow, and then it just it's sounding sends like it that's off. Who he's, he's like becoming. somebody else can go do this. Yeah, but he always has like it seems very like a lot of projects. I know. Well, this wine was like twenty nine ninety nine or something. Mm. And like, not that that's, that's like a cheap wine, but comparatively that's cheap for, for him to his other wines, yeah. that's cheap. For and him. it's French. That's I, impressive. I bought it. <laughs> oh, so does that mean that we get to drink it together? Uh, yeah, we we might have a podcast. Okay, I'm just All right. You the know. others and the listeners. The others sounds a little uh, creepy. It, the label's kind of creepy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Is we is might it? we might have to yeah we no, might we, have to get creepy. It's we might have to get creepy. Oh my god. Poor. Well, we have to turn on all the lights in the house when you record yep. so that we aren't in the dark anywhere yeah. and we don't talk about ghost stories. But we can talk I know, about I ghost I don't stories. like scary things. <gasps> we also might have to, like, have a sleepover or something because I'm uh, Okay, that's fine. You know. Scary. So that's scary. fine. Slumber party. <laughs> hey. DVP slumber party. So, speaking of others, uh-huh. then, uh-huh. actually. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we're a bunch of girls. So, like, let's talk yeah. about the others. We are Men? in an episode called The Man. The Man. So, I mean, I know that we want to talk about this program, but mm-hmm. what, would, what would you say, before we even get into that, what would okay. you say, who and or what characteristics would you say describe like the epitome of a man? Okay, so I am kind of a traditionalist. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I really, like, my husband to me is the epitome of a man. But that's partially, I mean, that's <laughs> partly why I married Yeah, him, right? right? I mean, I would think that you would find, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Everybody has different reasons. Anyway. Um, but you you were drawn to him. You love him yes. because there's, he exudes these. There are certain qualities he exudes that I find attractive, yeah. especially as a man. That makes sense. Now. Whether this is universally or applies to everybody else, I don't know. But I can only tell you what I think. Okay, okay. tell me. So, he has courage, strength, he provides for his family, he respects women, but he also is a protector. And these are all things that I see as a man. I can rely on him for all those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to push him into that. That's just who he is. Yeah. He represents the family. He's the leader, you know, but he also builds me up. Yeah. And, you know, I am his equal. Yeah. I get so, that. It, yeah. It's like a yin and a yang. Well, you know? I, 
I mean, I feel like I feel like in relationships, and perhaps this is sort of part of the topic. You know, in relationships like nowadays, I feel like there is more of like there's a little more intermelding of you know kind of what roles are and things like that. I'm okay with some of the traditional roles, though. And I, I, again, I don't know if that's for everybody, but I'm okay with some of it. But, yeah, but it's also, I mean, and I think that this, perhaps this is where, like, the line is nowadays, but... Okay, you just said that you're yours equal, right? And, I mean, I, I too, am... I feel as though I'm Sean's equal as well. But, I think that... Do, would I say that we are equal across the board in everything that we no. do and everything possess? Absolutely not. There, I have my own strengths. Sean has his own strengths. Well, it's when I say equal, I mean, I mean like you're each bringing an equal amount to the table. Yes. Okay. Okay. So like you're each bringing an equal amount to the table. It might not be the same, but they're equally important. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's certain things I'm a woman. I bring to the table that he can't. There's certain things. He's a man that he brings to the table that maybe I can't. Like, sorry, he's not going to be pushing a child out, right? Like, <laughs> he can't pop that out. No. <laughs> if he can, that's wow. <laughs> I'd say it's not equal. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, there's certain, it's just, I rely on him for certain qualities, for certain s- strengths yeah. that I expect a man to have. Yeah. Okay. And, like, again, that might not be for everybody, but I am more, I am drawn to that more traditional man. Oh. <laughs> mm. <Sarah>. I just <laughs> want to, I want that. So just that. I want that. That. Put, <laughs> on a sign. I want that on a sign, but I also want that for our listeners. Like if. I'm not recording though. So. I'm okay if like he flips over a table or something. Like, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, we were at Summerfest. Okay. Sean like not got into not a fist fight. not in anger, but like in exuberance. Like he's so damn excited. Yeah, yeah. Or be anger because someone like if like he was like gonna fight in my name, <laughs> in your honor, in my honor, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you can kick his ass. Yeah, Go for it. flip that table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Because like I I, I don't, don't I don't want to like listen. I can defend myself. Yeah. I don't need a guy to defend me. However, I want, if he is with me, that... You want somebody who will or would... Will stand up for me. Yeah. Defend me. I yes. mean, I feel like... Yes, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still... I wouldn't say that Sean is, like, an overly... What am I... I'm trying to think how I want to put this. But, I like... He he is. I mean, I've said this before. Sean is like this wild, creative mind. Like mm-hmm. I am just like blown away. I, it's one of the main reasons, not the main reason, but it's one of the big reasons why I've been attracted to him. I just find like his talent to be so. It's like he's very. You can't talented. match it. He's so talented. I'm not biased at all. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because I, you know. I still picture my dad, and that's also a very cliche thing, I'm sure, I know. But I still picture my dad, and I feel like, uh, you know, my dad was around uh, when I grew up. He worked, um, and I know that my mom worked until my sister and I, twins, were born. And then it was like, holy shit, three kids uh, in childcare. Like, that's a, that's expensive. Yeah. So, you know, it was like a, a decision, a yeah. mutual decision, that that was not, like, it just wasn't feasible and so they changed like their lifestyle Mm -hmm. but growing up my dad always you know a huge focus and emphasis on academics and really tried Mm -hmm. to teach us as much as he possibly could you know I mean he always I was in this program at the YMCA called at the time Indian princesses it then changed to like adventure guides and I don't even know if it's around but at any rate I learned a great deal from him while we were in that program and we did things like rock climbing but we also did like I learned how to shoot a rifle Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and it's uh, it's again teaching kid teaching you like at an early age like how to protect yourself how to you know be aware of your surroundings oh my god like the number of lessons that I've gotten from my dad but that shows he has a soft side he has it's a very it's very much a caregiver side like I feel like there are soft qualities and then the Harder qualities, yeah. but like you know, strength and macho and blah blah. blah. I don't, 
I don't think it's not about being macho. It's not about being macho. I was just gonna say I don't think my dad ever exuded like Mm -hmm. that really, but I think that he was strong. He stood up for everybody. I remember when he yelled at a Chicago Bulls player because he wasn't very nice to all of us fans. (laughs) Legitimately happened. That's amazing. He's like yelling at a man over six feet tall. Um, Anyway, (laughs) but I think that. You know, he taught me that there's there's a balance, right? There's a balance between, you know, your quote-unquote stereotypical macho man and then someone who's who's soft. I, everybody should have those qualities, in my opinion. Yeah, and stand, in my up, stand up for what you believe in stand and not be afraid to stand, to stand up for the people you love. But also be empathetic. I mean, there is much to be gained from being an empathetic human being, I think. I completely agree. So... Now to this program. Yeah. Now, we first heard about this program, I think we said it before, I can't remember the wine, you know. A few months ago. Um, We first heard about it a few months ago, and when we initially pulled up the University of Texas website, we saw that there was like a curriculum and like, or something of the sort, more information about the, the man program or the man. it's called, it's not really called the man. It's called, it's called the, uh, UT masculinity, I think. Masculine UT. Ah, yes. I think that's kind of clever. It's kind of actually. a cool play on words. Yeah. <laughs> masculine, but, masculine. And then capital letters, UT, like UT. university of Texas. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. It's very clever. Clever play on words. But I'll give him that. Yeah, right. So we read a little bit about it. And honest to goodness, I don't think that the material that was available then was good. <laughs> I, You and I, I think, well, I'll speak for myself. You can agree. But I came away from the very cursory glance that I took of the information that was available at the time. I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, are these actual human beings getting credit for a class? Like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? This, yeah. is, this seems so <laughs> no, not <it's> appropriate. <laughs> that means that there should be, like, a how to be a woman. But then that goes back to, like, the 1800s or 1900s or something when you had, like, debutante school or, like, whatever, finishing school shit, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't need to learn how to, like, what fork to use. Well, like, why don't we explain what the program is? Yes. So, basically... In different information that we could find. Yeah. Because they took down the They took down a lot of it. Um, you know, it's, it was, uh, it's, it's not so much a, uh, it's not a class or anything, but it's more of a campaign and like a, uh, something that's offered in like whatever their extracurricular counseling. Yeah. So kind of like a club that you might, uh, exactly. That you might join. So it's, it's, it's an extracurricular curricular type activity but it's also a campaign so that's why i think it got a little bit confusing um but it was so this is i'm quoting the purpose it was established to bring more men to the table to address the interpersonal violence sexual assault and other issues its goals include helping men explore ways to reduce sexual violence helping students take responsibility for their actions and fostering healthy relationships on campus and beyond now let me let me further that by saying the campaign was posters that went up around campus showing different ways of expressing masculinity, um, and they were the quote unquote expanding masculine UT posters. And these featured students sharing their own definitions. So one poster had a male nurse. Others featured people from the LGBTQ community. In one, a man was wearing nail polish, and other another student was wearing, I don't know, man or woman, was wearing a dress. So, we, we want people to know that the students and the kind of things depicted in those posters are safe on our campus, valued on our campus, and free from harassment and violence. Okay. These are two different issues. I a. agree wholeheartedly. It sounds like it, that poster campaign is more of a melding of... Maybe the masculinity UT thing, but also like more focused on the LGBTQ community. It's, and it's, I feel like those are those are different things. It's a very it's they've made it very gray. Like you haven't really defined anything. You haven't defined what a man is. Right. You haven't defined what your issue really is. You Damn. say you have issue with sexual violence, right? Sexual violence, I mean, since when is that associated with, like, masculinity? Like, I... I, I, That... that So, that statement that you read 
it just really struck a chord because it I, bothered me a great deal. It bothers me about the that it the program is necessary to reduce violence, but it's also necessary. This was to um, to help students take ownership of their own actions. That has nothing. Why do you? That's being a human. That's, that's neither here nor exactly. That, I don't know that has how nothing that's, to do with masculinity. Like that's everyone like, should take responsibility every fucking person. for their actions, whether or not you're male or female or gay I don't care or who or what or, you identify as. Exactly, like, that should be. I feel like that taking ownership of your of actions mm-hmm. is important for all. And I think what was the what was the the very last one it was fostering something. Fostering healthier relationships on campus and beyond. Uh, Again, per, okay. Okay. I mean, I'm going to take a step back for a second and just say so I'm sure that I would imagine. And actually, now I feel like I should look this up, but don't you think do you think that University of Texas is probably a little bit more conservative than Okay. Say like my liberal, my liberal, so my liberal. I, my liberal I, I do have a little background on that for you. Okay. All right. You would think, right? Texas, red state, Republican, conservative, right? However, and I'm neither here nor there. Uh-huh. I'm not even getting into political views. We're not. Now. Mm-hmm. No. However, the president of UT, Greg Fenz, I think okay. is his name. Um, is, is, he's like completely the opposite. And he has, um, put in some things in place that I think are very controversial. Okay. The president of the school. Of the school. Right. This is the only thing that's gained backlash. And we'll get into a little bit of the backlash and some of the... I found some of the posters. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um... So this is the only program that's faced pushback, but I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten any pushback from some of these other things, especially being in the fact that he's in Texas. So apparently um, he's been involved in a legal battle to defend the school's use of racial preferences and admissions. Wait. He, to defend the school's use of racial preferences? In admissions. To give preferential treatment? Yes. Yes. Um they have <laughs> bias response teams. I don't even know exactly what that means. <laughs> a highly paid diversity bureaucracy. So basically, they're trying to expand diversity in their faculty. Okay. Which is great, but I think that that has taken precedence over the quality of the faculty that they're bringing in, at least is from my impression. Okay, from what you've read. Yeah. So anyways, it seems like there's been a lot of controversial aspects that have gone into this dean and that this is the first thing. You know, apparently, like, even the fight song they've, they're have they saying has racist race, racist origins. And, and I don't know the deal. Right. I don't know I, any of it. Don't I, know. I, I don't we know don't any of this. There. Anyway, all I'm saying is that there's been a lot of controversy with this dean. And it's not the typical Texas okay. that you would. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So this is the first thing that gained backlash. Now. The, the masculine UT program. Yes. So. Yes. Do you want to talk about some of the backlash? Well, yeah. A famous person. Well, a very well so th- Okay, so this person. is what's interesting, right? So, like, we initially saw stuff that was on the campus website, and then next thing we knew it was taken down, but we, the information that we could find, and I think since we initially started doing some research on this, more, has, more statements from the school have come out, because I think mm-hmm. it seems as though this program originated, like, last semester, right? So... And at least that's when it started being picked up by mm-hmm. the media. And I think that from what we've seen, you know, the media is definitely, definitely placing, I, they're, I think that they are pushing uh, certain statements and skewing the, the public's perception mm-hmm. a bit. But I think that, again, we don't have all of the answers. But read some of the backlash because I do think yeah. it's interesting and I think it's important to note, like, sort of what what's out there now that's really accessible. This is like the first stuff that pops up yeah, when you look it up. So the controversy is that they're accusing UT of indicating masculinity is a mental health issue. 
And I think part of that's because it's being sponsored through the mental health complex. Like, through, like, their... Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's partly because of how they're saying... I mean, like, to say that you want to combat sexual violence... I think it's fine, but to, to put that in the context of masculinity mm-hmm. is is terribly offensive to people who are men and masculine and aren't sexually violent, which is the majority of our population. It's like you're basically putting a target on them. Yeah, no, I mean, right? like, that's, like a target, like, so you are a man, you have to be doing this. Exactly. So, like, we're already feeding into a stereotype mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. men who aren't like that, and so, like, that's... That's where I, I think, you know, a lot of this came from. Yeah. Um, so Rush Limbaugh was actually one of the main um, people who spoke out against this. And I think who kind of, besides like radio and stuff, who gave it a, uh, a more, put it more in the spotlight, shall we say. Oh. Do you think they're the reason that they came out? It- I, I don't know. Have disbanded. Like I don't think it was just him, but I think it was a lot of the same. Ooh. All right. So he says, in red state Texas, masculinity is being treated as a mental health challenge that too many men are simply crumbling under the pressure to be a man. So if it's not a good thing for a man to be a man, then what are they going to turn men into? But okay. But like he's saying, if it's not a good thing for a man to be a man. All right. If Rush had read the information. Is he then agreeing to the, or subscribing to the thought that it's violence, it's not yeah. taking ownership so of activity, of their actions, and it's not establishing relationships? Here's the bottom line. I think this program is bogus because you're already feeding into stereotypes that are out there that are unfair I think there's society. a better way to do it. There's a better way to do it. You maybe should name it something else. You should say that you're just here, like to help sexual violence in general, like man, woman, who, whomever, okay? Don't you think that some students would be slightly put off by joining it based on the description the university gave? It's like gave? saying, like, I don't know, like, here's this female program. Like, if you are, you know, feeling like you're being abused because you're a female, like, I would be very offended. If like, you feel like you can't handle your PMS. Ex- exactly. <laughs> And that you're, you know, and that PMS is affecting your daily life and that your emotions, you can't stop but there's a crying special program at every meeting. I don't oh think my that's God. needed. No. I think, that, I think that it's appropriate to have resources available and to, you know, um, advertise those resources. Again, because this is through the Counseling and Mental Health Center at the university. Can I, can I tell you my the issue, my biggest issue with one of these statements yeah okay. is it another rush one or it's no? no it's it's someone from the university oh okay who states when they were trying to defend it okay healthy communication respect for women seeking help when you need it those aren't traditional aspects but they're aspects of a lots of people's males identity i'm sorry having respect for women is not a traditional male ask a man aspect what who did they survey like i'm sorry but i feel like that is that is at the top of like who a man when a man really is a man that they have respect for their mothers and their wives maybe i maybe i've lived under a rock to some extent and like we are surrounded by you know guys who who do respect women i'm sure that there are plenty of guys out there that don't but then are they but really men that no i don't know not. that that's really how did she get this in who did they survey why well, focus group i don't did know you that's what i'm saying like did you guys just like survey like <laughs> i mean uh, it's like oh. i can't i so, yeah okay all right Move so on. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like a lot of this is seemingly it's, very cyclical, like conversation and thoughts because I, oh God, I just really don't know. I I want to know the background listen, behind this because I don't think that it was formed for the for the necessarily right reasons. That statement that you just read, I think, blows things out of proportion. I think that the intent of the program is probably. Is, is, is probably actually something that they're just intending to, like, make people, you know, show gender equality and 
try and reduce sexual violence, which by all means, that's a great intention. However, the way you labeled it is where there's an issue. So if you wanted to label it something else, I think that that's fine. And there's plenty of programs out there that address the same issues. But to say that it had, you're having an issue with masculinity is a, I mean, like there's, that's a completely different thing. Again, it's, it's sort of what definition of man or masculinity Mm -hmm. are you prescribing to? And I think, again, I think that the college um, really went into this whole, you know, gender, um, gender issue Mm -hmm. and really kind of skewed things a little bit, you know, it it blurred the lines to some extent. And so I think that, you know, if you're going to create a program, I think that you need to be very specific about what its purpose is and what its background is and its intent. But I do think that this is not, uh, God, I, the, I mean, the sexual violence, yes, I understand what the Me Too campaign and all that stuff, that got a lot of uh, media time. It got a lot of, you know, everything, you know, people really bringing awareness. And that's great. But I almost feel like they were trying to take that and use that to help, you know, launch this particular program. Right. So gender equality and this program and, you know, the LG... LGBTQ. Thank you. I can't say it slow. (laughs) I know. Say it five times fast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, those those are different issues, right? And they should there should be awareness raised. Yes. Everyone should be treated equally. We're all human, whether you want to be gay, straight, man, yeah. transgender, whatever. We should all be treated, like you said, empathy, humans, fine. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Male nurse, great. That, there's The fact that masculinity, and then they have a male nurse, is saying, like... What a man can't be. It's saying that they can't. It's basically saying, oh, well, this is not a, a, this is not, this doesn't mean that you're a man. Like, it's basically saying, like, oh, we think that we need to make sure that everybody thinks that this is a man. Like, this is, like, a, a big issue. I, again, it's I like, mean, it's I like work in healthcare, you work in healthcare. Like, it's like putting a picture up of a female physician. Mm-hmm. It's the same fucking I'm sorry. Thing. Well, there's no problems there. Right. Unless we are trying to make a problem. Right. Anyways, that's my whole thing with this. But, you know, I mean, whether or not this, it sounds like it's kind of been put on the back burner and that, you know, this is one of the things that has been bringing other issues into focus that, you know, we don't really know too much about, but. Well, and again, I mean, I think that there's, there's, there are so many additional questions that, you know, need to be asked and answered because, you know, a lot of it boils down to, so, you know, how have they, how has the university created the definition of masculinity for the purposes of this program, either to, uh, warrant it, right. To provide like, you know, this is the, this is the definition of masculinity that's around there. Like, you're how did play, they come you're up You're playing with this? into a stereotype. You're la- you're actually causing a stereotype is right. what you're doing by doing this. Right. And so, like, unless you find a different way to vocalize what you're actually trying to do that is, that, that is clear. Yeah. Okay. Then let's address that instead of, like, putting all these issues into one and then saying it's men have problems. Right. Like, that's basically what you're saying. So, um, because we love Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it would be interesting to read their definition. I have it. Of a man. There's several. There are several. <laughs> okay, an individual an individual human. Pause. Especially, That's the first part. An individual human. I know. Especially an adult male human. Uh-huh. The second one. <laughs> the human race. Humankind. Humankind. Yep. So, okay. Great. You have to do the third okay. one. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Because I'm going to just bust out laughing. Okay. Because I'm a child. Option C is a bipedal primate mammal, homo sapiens, that is anatomically related to the great apes, but distinguished, especially by notable development of the brain, with a resultant capacity for articulate speech and abstract reasoning, and is the sole living representative of the hominid family. Hominid. Broadly. Any living or extinct hominid. <laughs> um, so with that one, I love it so much because it, I told you this. It reminds me of Friends when, like, Ross yeah. is working at the museum and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, even though I know he's a paleontologist, for those of you who are listening and are like, oh, but he's not. It, 
he, I know. It's still hilarious. It's still hilarious because he was assembling the hominids. Okay. <laughs> um, and Joey loves Homo sapiens. So, anyway. Uh, okay, the last one. Uh, one possessing in high degree the qualities considered distinctive of manhood. And then in quotation mark, or I'm sorry, in parentheses, such as cur- courage, strength, and vigor. So those I are feel all like good things. They are all good things. They're very positive, you know, in nature. And I think that, you know, if you use that, and, and what you and I have talked about before is that these three words, courage, strength, and vigor, mm-hmm. don't actually pertain to just men. It is something that is, those are characteristics that can be applied to, even as this other Miriam Webster dictionary uh, definition says, all of humankind. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's not something right. that is like a man thing or a woman thing. But nowhere in Merriam-Webster does it say that masculinity is associated with sexual violence. Right. Or not taking ownership of your own action. Oh, like I can't get over that either. I, both of these. And to your point, I mean, this program is trying, it seems that it's trying to do a lot of different things. And again, lots of questions about what really created the need for the, where they felt this need originated from. But even your point about how other universities have programs for, you know, sexual violence to, you know, sort of reduce that. Sure. I know Wash U had one and I, I'm sure, I'm sure Michigan did too. So. Yeah, but you should be, you should be denouncing the fact that that is associated with masculinity. Right. Because there are plenty of. Yes. I have seen, I have literally physically seen a female start to beat the shit out of her boyfriend in the middle of a street on St. Patrick's Day. And the thing is, that is that is violence. It may not be sexual violence, but that is violence towards another human being of the opposite sex, if you want to even go down that road. But there, it should not actually matter. It should not be gender specific or sex specific that... You shouldn't be vi- like they want to reduce violence. It it should be like across all. Well, you should people. be saying that, like just the name of the program and saying sexual oh God, violence I can't in it. That. Yeah, you have to denounce that. You have to say and and men should stand up and say it's not just us. You are misrepresenting. Yeah, people who are true, truly masculine because truly, mm. true men are going to denounce the idea that sexual yeah. violence is associated with being a man. It's not. It's not. That is that is a coward mentality. It's not the courage that that is not just courageous. That is no, it's not. Any of those things that we all the qualities, the positive qualities we just described have nothing to do with that. Yeah. And so like by by the whole label is that was where my huge issue is. You know, like yeah. if, if you want to have a program to address sexual violence, by all means, I think Do that it. is wonderful. Yeah, if you want to have a program, open up the discussion to talk about gender equality. All great. means great. <laughs> Do it. I, I love it. But like this, this is a whole other thing. It's yeah. like it's like labeling females and saying, oh well, you know, like like we said. Well, I guess we're gonna call this a female problem because you can't stop crying i'm so sorry like it's a mental health problem it's a mental health problem that you cry just sorry (laughs) no i it's i completely agree and i think this i i truly as we've had this conversation uh tonight i really think that this is more i feel like somebody at the university really just like tried to like push something through really quickly yeah and did not fully think Think through through. the ramifications or what they were truly putting out there i think that and i would like to believe that all of it had good intentions behind it but i do think that the way that it has been framed and the way that it's been publicized it really we really should make the university think a little bit more about what your what ideals like you're perpetuating out there and exactly. what you're assigning to individuals you're and i lab- think you're, you're putting labels and your right. whole purpose is to take away labels except you're just assigning labels with yeah. what you're doing and so that right there that right there makes it invalid i mean hey if we have any listeners or if we have if we have any listeners who attend and like have been a part of this like in person it'd be very interesting to hear your perspective. I truly believe that this was fully intended to be a positive 
thing on the university. Sure. And not as, you know, sort of sealed yeah. out, siloed. I agree. And, but it just goes to show you, you need to really think about things when you, when you put them out there to the world, like totally. we're doing right now. Totally. DBP. DBP. <sighs> Jesus. Was, I'm, in, I'm not going to lie. This was kind of serious. This is a rough. Actually, this was a very. This is probably the most serious that yeah. we've yeah that we've gotten yeah. so far. I'm gonna need more wine after this. <laughs> oh my god, we might be almost out of the bottle. <laughs> Even though we said we were gonna hold on to some, I don't think that we did. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. There's like a morsel. So interesting. I might need to pop another one after this. Okay, my brain hurts. Oh. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. So with that. All right. Any closing thoughts, Sarah? I don't think I... I think I've said all my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I think... Try, do, try Orange Swift Wines. That's that's my closing thought. <laughs> that's your closing thought. Dude, he's got some good stuff out there. He's He's got... Like, I mean, never ceases to surprise me when I walk into a wine store. And, like, where is... The, this guy's everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So explore his wines. I know we do, and we will continue to probably bring them on the podcast. Yeah, we got to be creative though because of their his creative labels. Yes, labels. We just fucking talked about labels. Yes, that's a good closing thought. Actually, this is like a wonderful thing. So be careful what labels you apply to people, places, and things, and really consider what the meaning is behind them and what you're trying to accomplish with said, said labels. The drunk bitches are saying. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> to the drunk, to the DBP, to the drunk <laughs> bitches podcast. To the DBP. Thanks for listening, guys. All for one and one for all. Catch your pants before they fall. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.